The wait is over. Although not handled that gracefully. Hello and welcome to Triangle Square, a PlayStation podcast. I'm your host, Brett, back and alongside me, as always, Mr. Saw Bridges, bringing you guys lucky episode 180. 180. If this is your first time joining us, then stick around for the end of the show where we give you uh, a list of where you can find us to interact with us on social media, where you can watch and or listen to the show, depending on how you first found us, if you want to do the other. Uh, but while this is a big episode, that's going to have, go ahead and throw it out there, no news necessarily. I mean, it's going to be news, but not in the normal way. Uh, today is going to be all about the final, uh, I'm going to say final, that's not quite right, but the big reveal of price date and all that stuff in regards alongside the rest of the conference that plays station put out last wednesday so this is our big episode for that but we like to start this show off the right way and the right way is a very simple way so have you played anything this week and if not what else did you do did you paint naked ladies um you know did you go and do an art class i haven't really played by a mattress i did buy a mattress <laughs> ding 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 that actually took a lot of time people don't realize like when you're about to spend money like an absorbent amount of money on something you want to make sure you're what you're buying is worth it. <laughs> and there are so many brands of mattresses from so many price points that it's just rough to like get one that you are confident that you're going to like, especially because you're shopping online too. So you don't know how it feels. Well, that's what I was going to ask is I don't even know if mattress stores in general are open right now, given the current you know setup of the world. But even if they are, a lot of the a lot of the brands that are doing really well right now and have been getting a lot of high testimonial, you're in this thing where it's like, are you just believing that it's a bunch of random people online that are actually giving you their experience? Are these paid people? You can't go experience the mattress anywhere in our area. Uh, there are apparently in some bigger cities, you can find like the Caspers and the Purples and whatnot on show floors. Yeah, so like you can actually buy purple mattresses at Costco and Casper mattresses at Costco. But we don't we have, don't a, have Costco. a Costco. <laughs> um, I will say you can buy the Casper pillow at Target. They actually, it's at our Target. That's cool. I didn't know that. Um, but yeah, so like I went with a Casper mattress talk on the podcast. This is going to be great. So um, mattress podcast. I went with a Casper. We all sleep though, so it works. That is true. And if you there's always a saying of like, always spend good money on stuff that separates you from the ground. Your car, your shoes, your mattress. And that fair, makes sense. Fair point. Though I also want to throw one extra in there. Okay. Always spend good money on whatever you wipe your ass with, whatever you do after pooping. That's very important. That is that is and true. And for girls, whatever they got to do in the front, because you know they got everything. Wipe. So you know if you're going to be wiping and or doing anything with it, make sure that stuff is good. Uh-huh. When I do, when I walk into a, like someone's house, like businesses are a different thing. But when I walk into someone's house and they have single ply. I automatically assume that they're monsters. Not only a single plot, but I've been to somebody's house who has like triple plot, but it's like rough. And <laughs> it, like this is this the, is worthless. It's triple plot, but you've had better two plot. Yes, <laughs> and it just. Ugh. But yeah, so like I actually spent a fair amount of time watching YouTube videos, and honestly, it's gotten to the point now where if I am watching a review on something and they're like, "Oh yeah, I have this Casper discount code," I'm like, "Nope, they're not going to be reliable enough." So. I went to people who specifically were like, I'm not being paid. I bought this with my own money. I do have a referral code, which I got too. Like anytime you buy a mattress, you get a referral code. Yeah. And um, I watched a couple reviews. I watched uh, two or three that were long-term reviews. Like they reviewed it over the course of uh, one was two years. That was the longest. One was one year. 
And I don't want a mattress, especially a memory foam mattress that I sink into. Like I and the way that this Casper looks like it, it's a firm mattress and you sink a little bit because it's memory foam, but you don't sink sink like you feel like your body kind of like it feels like where your body needs support just because of how you lay. It'll fall down in those areas that needs it and, and then that will or it'll keep up the ones that needs it, but then it'll fall down on the other ones. Yeah, my problem with uh, the idea of getting a memory foam is I just really don't. And it's why I've been looking at purple so hard is I don't like being hot when I sleep at all. And every memory foam mattress I've ever had are memory foam topper. And, of course, this is all through cheap or secondhand or weird stuff like that because growing up I didn't have a lot of money. But even my – I used to use memory foam pillows, and I'd like them for, like, the first hour of the night. And then I'd wake up my head sweating. Yeah, see, we have our ceiling fan on every night, and we have an oscillating fan, too, that blows on us. So it's kind of like – it's one of those things like I rarely get hot when I sleep because of that. If anything, like I wake up and I'm cold. I sleep in a sheet. I don't. Like sleep. Pe- people are like, you don't sleep under a cover, a comforter? No, I don't. We <laughs> sleep under a comforter, but we don't sleep under a comforter and a sheet. That's way too hot. Yeah. Um, but I do the old thing like where you, you stick a leg out. Like, people don't realize that. Your feet are very temp- uh, temperature sensitive. So if you're hot, stick your feet out. Your feet will get colder, which make you cold. I don't know. I feel like that's a natural thing, right? I feel like everybody knows. Like I'm a little, I'm a little hot. So that'll maybe out. maybe it's that they're too scared of the monsters under the bed that they don't want to stick their feet out, so they just sleep hot. I'm not scared. Get that bad boy come up there. I'll hold his hand. Lick I'll, my toes. I'll hold, I'll hold fit feet with him. Yeah, let him lick my toes. But uh, <laughs> I spent a majority of the week doing that. We finally settled on one on like Thursday. So the game was where to buy a mattress from. Yeah, um, and you finally it, beat it. It also turns out that no that no place in Texarkana that I'm aware of can deliver a mattress in anything faster than six weeks. What? Yes. When we bought our mattress, it was delivered the same day. Which one did you go to? Because I went to Ashley's Home Furniture and... Riveting Texarkana talk. Yes. I went to Mattress Mart or whatever that's on Walton. Yeah, see, I didn't go... We didn't go there. We went to we went to Ashley's Home Furniture and then the one... Because they're furniture places. I mean, Ivan Smith places. and the one next to Harley-Davidson. Yeah, that's the problem. But um, they're like, we're warehouse stores. They're like, no, they don't keep anything in stock. Everything on that... Everything on that that showroom floor is, is a is a showpiece. And like if you want it, they have to order it and then deliver it to you. Rough. Um, Weird. So I, I didn't really play a whole lot this week. Um, I did start up a new game called Among Us. Um, That's the one that everybody's doing like the uh, memes around right now, yes. right? And it's like crossover it's between fun. them and... Um, Ball Guys, because it looks guys. the same. Or the, the characters look similar. Little Bean Boys. Yeah. Um, so it, I want to just without any, cause I've not played it and I haven't looked into it at all. The memes kind of tell me everything that I think I know about the game. Yeah. So this is essentially like the whole situation of like everyone's in a room and one person is going to be the guilty party Well, okay. or, you know, one person's going to be the outlier who's not supposed to be there and trying to fake their way through. And the goal is to be the person who's not supposed to be there, but survive until the end. So the way the game works, you're kind of close. Um, you were put on a spaceship, and your duty is to repair that spaceship. And there's multiple rooms, multiple hallways. It's it's actually kind of a big map, and there's like three different maps too. It's it not looks just like, a spaceship. Okay, and, and I need to figure out if it was just a meme that looked like gameplay. But does it look like Club Penguin? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> it kind of looks like Club Penguin, but it's 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 violent. Um, like you can get you your your brain's blown out. You can get your your head twisted off. Alright, um, I'm for this. So the way it works is like, the way I play it is you can do different amounts of people. I always feel like 10 people, 10, 10 is the entire lobby is the best, and there's two imposters. 
their jobs are to sabotage different things throughout because you have a task bar and you're assigned like five tasks and you have to go around the map doing those tasks. But you have no idea when somebody passes you if they're going to kill you or not because they could be the imposter. Well, the real fun of the game gets to that when you find a dead body, you can hit report and it stops all gameplay and it puts everybody in this chat room. And then you're then arguing over who is the imposter or not. And like like me me and Andrew were playing at work because it's on your phone too. It's free on your phone if you want to try it out. It's really fun on the okay, phone. Yeah. Um, and me and Andrew were playing at work and I was the imposter. And we were sitting there arguing because typically the way the game works. Do you type? You type it out. Uh, me and me and Seth played last night, and we were in a Discord chat. That typically it's cheating if you talk while you play. So like as the gameplay happens, it's silent. You don't talk because you don't want to say, "Oh, I just saw Red over there do that." Because then they could be like, it it, it just kind of adds excess amount of chatter to the game. Sure. And especially if you're playing with your friend, then then he sees blue, he can say it in chat or whatever, or y'all can start talking about it when it's time to play. But then at that point, you don't know if it's him or not. Like it's. It's really fun, and we were playing, and I convinced Andrew that I was not the imposter. So I was like, we were sitting there, and I'm like, it was me, him, and one other guy left. And I was like, okay, if it's not me and it's not you, vote blue, because it has to be the blue guy. So he voted blue off, and I voted blue off, and I was the imposter, so I won. Because it just left, <laughs> once it gets down to one imposter, one crewmate, you win. Um, and it's really fun, too, because like it, it, it really is like Clue. In the sense of See, like, clue you were, was the other thing I was. Yeah, thinking. it's like you're trying to figure out who the two bad guys are, or even the one bad guy. But now it, that you've said it this way, you've seen the thing. It it's makes like me, the thing. Yeah, it, yeah. It is. It's actually, like clue meets the scene from the thing where they're trying to figure out who's got the. Actually, there's some really cool art that I've seen um, of someone doing exactly that. Yeah, it's like yeah. you shape shift, and it, it's like you are because because the way it works is like you kind of are like an alien. I think um, it's weird. Like this is like one thing right here. That oh, they did art of, wow. and you look the exact same. You and they have announced Among Us too as well, um, but it, it's just really fun. It's such a game to get addicted to. I hate mouse pads. It's such a game to get addicted to that while you're playing, and like you could just be roaming around fixing the stuff, and then somebody be like, "It's Saul." I'm like, "What? It wasn't me." So then you have to defend yourself against like eight other people because you have the person accusing you, and then you have the eight other onlookers who are like, is it Saul? And then they'll be like, vote Saul out. And I was like, what? No. And then you so say, you got to make up a case on like what you were doing. And like, it's just, it's funny because you'll, you'll do the same thing. You'll be like, blue just ran right past the body. He did report it. It has to be blue. And then you'd say that to everybody. They all vote blue out. And it, whenever you get voted out, you fly across the screen and it'll say so-and-so was, or was not an imposter. And it'll say blue was not an imposter. And I'm like, well, dang now, now it looks like I'm the bad guy. Cause I told everybody it was him. So it's a really kind of mind game game, and it's really fun, especially yeah. for being free on phones, and it's five bucks on Steam, and I guarantee you any laptop in the world or any computer in the world can play this game with how easy it is to run. Um, What's the game from The Office? Is it Bells, Bourbon, and Bullets or whatever? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's it. Bells, Bourbon, and Bullets. Because that's also what it sounds like. You know what? I actually like the idea of those, though. Because, you know, you can bring them into a board game, of course. You can have, like, a board game. But it's almost like, realistically, this is that classic type of game where it's like, the visual aspects of it are fun. Definitely because it's, like, online. It's, How yeah. You have to have something that you're all. But it's more or less just going back to, like, a very old style of thing where it's like, this is just all of us playing our own game in our head, essentially. Where it's like, we have to come up with whatever reason. We have to... Because no, if no one else saw us, we have to give reason and create alibi for why we didn't do 
what we're being accused of doing. Yeah, and like, and that's just a real basic. You don't have to have a game or a board or anything to play that, but the actual visual representation is fun. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's just one of those things that's like. Like, I, I literally have downloaded it this fast. And, like, you essentially, you run around. I'm getting some weird screen tearing for some reason. Um, but you run around and you, um, like, you have a task list, like, right here. And you have to go and do those tasks. And every task that you do that you have to go and do, like, you can open up your... That's dummy. So, like, this is not a... Uh, that's not a player. But, like, you open up your map and I have two and electrical. So then you kind of have to go... To electrical, and every task you do is almost like a mini game. So you were stuck out of your screen for a while there. So like it's you very well could die. So like you use this, and you got like drag the wires across. Yeah. And like this entire time that you do, you could be doing this. This is just like a local game. You can be, you can have somebody sneak up and kill you. And the way the lighting system works in the game is somebody could be standing like up here, and you won't see them because yeah. it's like very classical, like you can't see around the corners kind of thing. So like you may walk into this room down here to fix something. And then there's somebody just standing there. And yeah. you don't know if they're fixing something or if they're just waiting for somebody else to come in. Yeah. So it's it's a super fun game. And it works surprisingly well on phones. Um, well, I'm probably going to download it because it does sound fun. And like you can play, like you create a custom game and then like there's a little code and I, I text you the code and then you hop in. It's just a fun thing. Um, yeah. But that, I spent a majority of my week playing that when I did play games. What have you played? Nothing but Kingdoms of Amalur. <laughs> Not technically true because i did play a little bit of um boxy land with Kyrie yesterday and i was proud of her because that game's co-op we were able to get to level eight with her and she had her little victorious moment where for a while she was getting frustrated because like level three i think introduces the need for wall jump and grab and you have to do the old prince of persia bounce between wall and wall yeah and she'd get about halfway up and she'd fall because she was getting too eager and I and she got to a point where she kept asking me, "Can you just do it for me?" I said, "No, baby, you've got to get better at games because this is the problem that Hannah has. She starts playing a game and then she's like, "I suck," and then she just wants to quit. And it's the age old problem of you suck at everything that you don't ever do. And she's always like, "Well, you're just good." Well, because I sucked at one point and I got good. That's I mean, true. you know, people always talk about the whole Dark Souls thing where it's like, what advice do you have besides get good? And I know get good is kind of bad advice because it, all it's saying is what we all know, but it really is just the truth. It's, hey, you got to get better. <laughs> it's instead of just constantly being like, I can't beat it. You got to be like, what can I do differently to make myself hopefully do this? So I had to kind of explain it to Kyrie, get her to keep trying and trying and trying. And when she finally got up, she just like lost her mind because she was so excited that she was able to do it, which was fun. That's always like a, yeah. a cool thing. So we got to level eight there, and then we couldn't get past it because it was just a little too complicated for her. And uh, that was fun. Uh, and this is something I do that I probably shouldn't, but she just came in so excited to do it one day, and I didn't know what to tell her. She likes to play games that are two-player with me, and I was playing the Twin Breaker, uh, Collins game, mm -hmm. and... She picked up her little blue controller. It wasn't even plugged in, but she yeah. didn't know that. And she was like, I want to play. So I just pretended that it was two-player. You did the classical all And like because there's two brick breaker things, I would just say that the right one on the screen was hers and the left one was me, but I just moved both of them around. And yesterday she was like, I want to play you at the brick breaker game. So we're going through and I'm just playing levels and purposely trying to get her. This is weird, though. Because this seems like that at one point in time in this game there was meant to be multiplayer. Uh, because the the two breakers are actually ships. It's like spaceships, and one of them's Colin and one of them's Chris. And the setup is that for some reason at the end of every level you get Colin's face and Chris's face, and you see which of the two bars broke more blocks. 
So that would seem that it would only be there to, for competition's sake, but there's not co-op that I'm aware of. So I would do that, and I would purposely make sure I broke more blocks on her side, and then that way she'd see that she broke 35 blocks and I broke 17, and she'd just get excited. And we did that for like 35 minutes. That's just... <laughs> so I, I played a little bit of other stuff, but primarily it was just getting more familiar with Kingdoms of Amalur again. If I remember right, last time we recorded, I just started. Um, so I'm, a, I'm much, much further. Haven't had a single bug. Uh, Good. Or a big bug. I've had a couple of times where you come up in the game and you'll come to an area and it'll do this thing where it'll introduce an enemy that you'll eventually see more regularly. But if it's the first time you see them and they're a harder enemy, it'll kind of give them like a, they'll pop out of the ground or wake up and slide out or whatever it is. And you'll kind of get their name and they'll have a big health bar the first time. So it's not really that it's a boss. It's just more like, hey, pay attention to this because it is a harder monster. Yeah. And um, there's been a few times where I go to do that and like the first half of their intro animation, they're invisible for a second, but then they pop up. Minor thing. That is weird. But ultimately, I've had no problems with the game at all. So That's all good. the problems. It also updated again this week. It sounds like the day one patch that came like four days after launch. Really. At least fixed it. <laughs> yeah, at least really yeah. fixed it. Because could you imagine if it was a day one uh, patch that wasn't day one and then still didn't fix it? Yeah. <laughs> that just becomes a problem. Um, that game is so good, though. The big reason is the world building is just crazy. There's so much stuff going on. And I really enjoy that aspect of it where like side quests are pretty interesting. You get an idea of what people are doing. You start to have your own feeling of like, I don't know if I should trust this situation going on. There's a quest in the, in the thing where it's a side quest and a guy tells you he's a Lord and that their city's been attacked and he's trying to build a new place that everybody can come to and be safe. And he says that he could afford to start building construction for the new area. If you go get him some, um, Rant some treasures that are like in a cave that have been in the cave. So you go off and do it and you bring them back to him and he's being like too nice. And he says, yes, go with my guy here. He'll take you to uh, my hidden thing and let you get some items out of it that are weapons. And then you get there and the whole time I was running, I was like, I feel like this guy is not here to actually take me here. I feel like he's here to kill me. And every time I would run and we stopped to fight something, he'd pull a sword out. I'd be like, is he about to attack me? But finally got to where it was and he goes, yeah, I'm going to kill you. There is no reward. It's just fun. I don't know. I like that kind of stuff in games, and there's a lot of great dialogue and back and forth. So it's one of those things, too, where you know in Skyrim, and some people like this, and it's got its benefits, but you know in Skyrim, like if you just pick locks, you get better at lock picking? Yeah. Okay, so this one, you have to level up lock picking. So it's like every time you level, you get uh, one point, I think, actually, towards a set of like skills that are not combat-related, necessarily. And when you go through, it's like... Lock picking is just, hey, if you're really good at it, you can get really good at it. You, you, it's very similar to Skyrim where you spin a pick and then you see... The, it's it's kind of like Skyrim mixed with Oblivion where you see the key thing moving, but then you'll start to see pressure applied to the prick and uh, the, the pick, and you know you've got to like let pressure off real quick and then turn it a little bit and keep going. Hmm. But I like that it's very classic RPG in the sense of like... If you just want to get to where you're really good at it because where it's just easy for you and that you know it's a weakness and you can choose to level it up or if you know you're going to unlock a bunch of stuff. Yeah. But I'm pretty good at just lock picking anyway, so I avoid it and just pick all the locks naturally. But it's is a that, good Is that game open-ended in the terms of like I can be a really bad guy, kind of like Skyrim, or is it kind of more like you kind of got to stick to some kind of story trail? No, actually, pretty much everything lets you have the opportunity to say what you're going to do. Okay, cool. Like if you're coming to the story and they're like, will you help us? You can be like, no, you got to go do it on your own. Side quests cool. are like, like that, that too, but that's just more of a 
in the side quest mechanic, it's more of like a, I'm either going to do it or I'm not. But with to start. But then when you get into the side quest, you can determine what you want to do. Like it'll be like, hey, you can kill me or you can spare me, and depending on the situation around, and you can learn information that will let you change that. I might but, have to see a more recent video on it, like one that's come out in the past couple of days, to see to make sure that all the bugs are fixed. Yeah, and to uh, I'm fairly far. If I had to say how long I've been playing, I've probably been playing for about 20 hours and I haven't had any problems. Well, remember that's when the one bug kept in that one guy. It was like 25 hours in. Yeah. So not saying it's gonna happen, but it's still iffy. Like. If it's forty dollars and it can be game breaking, yeah, I'm not gonna waste money on that. No, I mean I completely understand. I wish you had a disc drive because you know I still have my disc just chilling here. Speaking of which, this is not a promise, but I'm fairly positive because I've waited so long and I have a digital version I'm already playing. I think I'm just gonna give my disc copy away. Um, let me borrow it first. Oh, no, no, don't let me do that because I was like I'll beat the top of my PS4 to play it, but then I realized my PS4 is standing up now, so I don't want to. I don't. I can't really do that. <laughs> okay. But yeah, it's really good. So I will probably find something and find a fun way to do a giveaway for it. Be real fun. So, but that's about it. I haven't played much else. I don't know. I'm in that point too where after this, I was debating the only downside of this, right? Because it's, and it's something that's basic to its design. You have to load between areas. Yeah. And since the game is set up to do that, it's just not very well optimized to where I feel like you have to load between areas and then you have to hit a lot of load screens. I was debating waiting to continue playing it until PS5 came out, but I'm having enough fun that whenever I'm just sitting there, I'm kind of like, I want to play Kingdoms, so I'm just going to keep playing it. But on PS5, I have to imagine all the load windows would be so much shorter, (laughs) but you don't know for sure, I suppose. That's true. You would hope so. Anyway, we're going to go ahead and move into the big discussion at hand, and the community stake actually comes into that. So the community stake this week was Saul asking y'all to kind of put in for fun what your guesses are for pricing of both the physical and digital PlayStation five. And then to come back later and give a check on how well you actually, uh, how close you got and how you feel about it. And in the I, long I run. will say about 50% of people did not come back and tell us <laughs> the yeah. reaction, but it's okay. We got a lot of people who did. So we did. We, we could critique the ones that did that. They didn't. And then come back and say they got it wrong. Like blaze 21 on two, one of our buddies on discord, he said three forty nine and four ninety nine, which was my guess. We were both wrong. My guess was straight on the money, boys. Yeah, three nine nine. I'm so surprised they did that. Four nine nine. Because you know what does not cost them a hundred dollars to put a disc drive in. No, not at all. See, and that's so why why and this is a big thing because there's quite a few three forty nines. So I'm going to let you speak on their behalf. Clearly, y'all were tapping into something. Was your thought that they were going to take such a loss just to be able to stick it that much more to Xbox? Is that is that basically the? No, I didn't want to get my hopes up because I felt like a hundred dollars would be the thing. But I didn't want to get my hopes up and say that a hundred dollars because at launch. So oh, never are you a, thinking he's saying four forty nine because he's saying three forty nine, which is fifty dollars less than my prediction. Oh yeah, you're right. And there's quite a few people who did. Well, that. that's technically though. That's what my prediction was: fifty dollars less than the actual base model price. Well, his is three forty nine and four ninety nine. That's a hundred and fifty dollar difference. Oh, it is a hundred fifty dollar difference. These ninety nine ninety nines. I wonder if he meant 449 too. Because that's I, what I mean. I meant four. I doubt it. A lot of people had hopes that they do a 349 just to get it that if within $50 of Series S, which I want to go ahead and say right now. A lot of people's justify, or thought process was there. I get it. Is that if you can get within $50 of Series S but be a full-powered next-gen console, whereas the Series S, 
is in some ways like CPU wise, but isn't in other ways like GPU and general amount of Ram. Like of course the Ram speeds are much better, but if you can get a full powered one, that's the same as PS five, but within $50, then that's what everybody thought. But there's two things here to me is if you're within a hundred dollars of Xbox series S and you're doing that, I still think that people who actually care about the power are going to be like $100 is very little to get more than double the power because yeah. the Series S is a 4 terabyte machine. Again, theoretical on paper numbers. That doesn't really quite mean anything, but if we're going to look at on paper then on paper 10.25 terabytes or teraflops or whatever it is uh for the PlayStation 5 is over double. So you're getting something that's twice as powerful, twice as much more future proof for $100 more. I think that's well worth it personally. Now, of course, the big weird thing here to me is like $500 if if you would have kept with that. A lot of people's predictions were 349 and 499. Now, people who guessed 349 and 449, I understand. $100 yeah. difference max. It, I think that people who like physical would be absolutely pissed. Yeah, that's if true. the physical version was $150 more. I think other people when you're looking at it with a $100 price difference, you can kind of come from this position of like I understand, but the $100 is worth the benefit that I personally see for a disk drive and for whatever it is from a 4K Blu-ray player to be able to watch movies or just to play your games and let you choose to be physical now and digital potentially down the road if you choose to change your mind. Whereas if you buy the digital, you don't have the option to choose the other side. So either way, we got a bunch of them here. Let's keep going through. Yeah. um, Josh Ayers. Excuse me. He says three ninety nine digital and four ninety nine physical, and he says that if they want to be competitive, they could take a massive loss on digital if they needed and change the and and charge a modest profit on physical to counterbalance. He then updates saying, "Nailed it! I'm happy with the price. I'm paying it." So yeah, it seems like a good lineup for launch and next year. I'm so excited for Resident Evil Eight, Final Fantasy sixteen, God of War Horizon. What a time to be alive. Also, the PS Plus collection is such a good idea. I can see more games being added in a year or, or two. Add The Last of Us 2, Ghost, and then move into PS5 launch games as long as it doesn't end up like Games Pass with first-party day and date and only require PS Plus. Um, it does require PS Plus. It does, and interestingly enough, uh, Jim Ryan did come through and say what is no surprise to me at all in that they have no interest in doing something that is exactly like Game Pass, where they are adding new games to a service, either at launch or very close to launch, because they don't view it as sustainable. Yes. Um, And I think that that really is probably smart, because Sony is doing really well. And even though they're doing really well, Sony to PlayStation is not what Microsoft is to Xbox. Yeah. (laughs) So... Microsoft has a little bit more money to burn to see if this can become sustainable. Whereas PlayStation is looking at it and going, while we could throw money at it, it's not worth the risk of whether or not it's not worth the risk of essentially, is it sustainable? Cause that's Microsoft is kind of just like, we have a hypothesis. Now we're going to test it. That's true. <laughs> and those are very different things. So, um, one thing I think here that's interesting though, right? And I know that's not what he meant by it, but it got my mind thinking it is he said, take a massive loss on digital if needed and charge a modest profit on physical to counterbalance the difference. Now, of course, he's talking about the consoles. And we still don't actually know if they're in profit range or loss range on both of them. 
I, clearly, I think digital, there's no way they're not at some form of a loss. I don't think they're at a $100 loss, though. I don't think they're at a massive loss because, you, once again, they're glued digitally to those games from PlayStation. They don't yeah. have to worry about going... Well, it's initial launch, though. So uh, it, it's an initial loss, is what I mean. Yeah. Uh, so, because but you make it up later. They, buy, they don't buy used games from GameStop anymore. They buy used, they buy on-sale games from PlayStation, and they that PlayStation gets that money, not GameStop. Yeah, and that comes to one of the biggest reasons, again, that I've said a million times as to why I won't buy digital, but... Uh, looking at it, this is interesting. So one thing that couples with this that people were surprised to see, though I wasn't, is that Sony have said that on their biggest AAA games moving forward this gen, not all, but their biggest ones that probably have the biggest um, budget. There we go. <laughs> but they are going to a $69 price point instead of 59 For AAA games, yeah. Now... Clearly not all, because even though it is a triple A game, and even though they're doing it, uh, or is is sixty, I think, on Amazon. Well, sure. I guess I should mean directly from Sony. Yeah, like, published from Sony. So, like Sony saying that their own published games will be going, and then we see that because uh, Demon Souls is fifty nine or sixty nine dollars, uh, which I do only think is interesting because their last remake that they did, which this looks like it's more involved. I'll give them that. But the last remake they did was thirty nine dollars for and Shadow of the Colossus. Shadow of the Colossus thirty nine ninety nine. So also Blue Point. Yeah, also Blue Point. So I'm saying same developer, same basic idea. Not a first interesting party studio, that they're though. immediately saying not a first party studio technically. Yeah, but it is still a first party property. It is and still a first party. I mean, it's still a second party relationship at that point. But also, I have to say right now, I know we're going to get into it in the long run. I really think Sony should buy Blue Point. They should, yeah. And I think that they'd be silly to have not had some form of conversation. Now, do Blue Metal Point Gear Solid doesn't one and two next. If Blue Point doesn't want to be just bought, do, then don't worry about it. Just but. Blue Point do all Metal Gear Solids next. One, two, three, four. No, four doesn't really need it. I don't think it's too new. I think four still holds up. A remaster of four would work. In my yeah. opinion. But um, going back to that, what I was saying, I think what would have been really interesting and what would have, I think, been even more enticing to try and get people into your digital thing is to raise, and people would have been mad about this, but I think it would make much more sense. If they rose physical AAA game prices to a max of $69, but they kept digital at fifty nine ninety nine, that would have been really smart. It would have been extra incentive for people to go ahead and go into a digital which gives, again, in the current setup of how digital marketplaces work, it gives Sony far more money. And there is no packaging cost, no shipping cost, no manufacturing cost. So you have a reason to be able to charge that extra $10 to physical and justify the lack of a markup on the digital side. But that leads us to something that's actually pretty interesting that eventually, let's see where he put it. Uh, Rude Days 93 came in here. And he was saying that he wanted to talk kind of about the showcase itself, which I think is worth getting to. What we'll probably do with Rude Days is we're going to leave that for when we're actually talking about the full thing. It will be technically part of the community's take, but we're going to leave it for the full discussion. But he comes back eventually and says, physical prediction was right, digital was wrong. So I guess he did it somewhere. I apologize. I don't know where he put it. Um, so much conversation. Going on in the community's take tab. And I was part of it, so I actually apologize. I know. That's why I'm specifically bringing it up again. <laughs> I'm about to just delete early Patreon release and just put community's take discussion. That's not a terrible idea. Either way, I don't know exactly where you had it. So, uh, oh, here you are. Here he is. Physical 499, digital 449. So he was looking at what I think a lot of people expected. $50 drop. Even Saul expected that. Yeah, I, that's what, that was what my money was on. 
Okay, so but he follows through later on with, and I think this is really interesting because I looked into it and it's right. Uh, physical prediction was right. Digital was wrong. Listening to other podcasts and reading online, though, it seems like there were many more disc versions of the console than digital versions. I wonder if Sony did a limited amount of them because they are losing a lot of money on it. I don't think that's it. But I don't know, Saul, if you ended up seeing it. There was a guy who was looking at the number of pre-orders across SKUs, right? And all SKUs were sold out, but it showed that like only two or maybe even it was up to 10, but I don't think so. It was a very low percentage in comparison to physical that was digital from a single retailer. Now, when you look at that, I think what ended up, I think what's going on here is that while Sony is still from day one giving in and saying, here's an all digital console, this is a thing that it will very likely be at least a halfway point in the future like it kind of is right now. But I think that they're predicting that the core market who are still at the, uh, the people who are most likely to buy day one, the core gamers are still mostly in a position where they like to have either the choice or straight up like to collect games, which involves physical versions. I think that they have some kind of internal numbers that told them everything that they needed to see, that there was less of a demand, at least at day one, for a digital console versus a physical. And I can kind of corroborate that because for the most part, everyone I saw who was getting pre-orders before they even went live was saying that they were going to get a physical. Now, that is, of course, Twitter bubbles and stuff like that, but that does tend to be at least somewhat in line with what the most core gamers think. But can't say for sure. Either way, pretty interesting. So that's where I am on it. Now, Saul's a good example of somebody who is interested in buying at day one, but is specifically wanting to get a digital console. And you can't find anyone that sells them because of the way Sony did pre-orders. And we're going to get on that later. Yeah, we'll get on that very soon. And thankfully, since we initially talked about this, Sony's at least kind that, of put some kind of statement no, out. No, that doesn't fix anything. But that statement doesn't matter if it doesn't materialize into actual you know what i mean <laughs> so uh we're gonna get a couple more from over here you want to go like to twitter or uh, i'm gonna go over to twitter real quick yeah and grab a couple actually i'll go facebook because you don't have access to those that's true <laughs> so and i have it put up on twitter yeah let's see mr blake pope said 499 and 449 uh, which i think was one of the most popular now this one's pretty interesting Allie Coble said 449. I think she expected both of them. I can't say for sure. I'm going to ask her next time I talk to her. I think she expected both of them to come at the same price, but both of them to be lower than the expectation of 500 from a lot of people. So I didn't personally expect that, though it would have been interesting. That would have been, yeah. I think if it wasn't for the 825 drive, right? If the digital version was still 449 but had even 250 more gigs, like a terabyte, then I could see it. I could be like, okay, that makes sense. But that still also leaves to be seen the ideal memory setup for this. Is it ideal to have them in increments of that 825? Or is it, is the 825 just the minimum ideal that they had? So they decided to keep it there. The way that Cerny talked about it, it's kind of weird. You know, it's kind of like with RAM, right? You have that thing where for some reason, certain architectures work better with a certain RAM speed. Yeah. So it comes in here. It's like, does this architecture work better with a very specific, like, you know, if you're looking through these channels, does it work better going between the 825? I may be severely misunderstanding something, so don't take my word for anything. Well, it's like Ryzen. Ryzen works better with faster RAM. Yeah. It will outperform Intel with faster RAM. If you have slower RAM, though, it won't. Yeah. So 
I mean, I guess that kind of makes sense, but why can Intel outperform it with lower RAM and saying, like, you know, same lower RAM, RAM speeds? Yeah, but yeah, it's what it is. Let's see, we got a couple more over here. Uh, Josh Drago said four ninety nine physical, four forty nine digital, plus a surprise turkey spaghetti skin. <laughs> Josh Soup said four forty nine digital, four ninety nine disc model, like we expected, and he said, "Shoot, the wishful thinking part of me would be that the digital version is two ninety nine and the desk model is three ninety nine, just like the Xbox systems, which I knew was not going to yeah, happen." Yeah, no, I would. I would have crapped my pants if it was that. Oh, cheap. dude! A lot of people, including Blake, were saying that they'd crap their pants if it was three forty nine because it would be such an unexpected thing. Yeah. Uh, but one of the things that's interesting here is that later in that same information, uh, it may not have been the same talk, but just like he came out and said, you know, clarification as to what the PS Plus collection is, they also came and said that Sony had apparently at one point. And this could be conjecture, but I did read something. So, grain of salt, I have to go double check and find where I can see that Ryan actually said it. But apparently, Sony looked into making a lower spec model like the Series S. I hope they don't. And decided against it because they didn't think it was going to be worth just, just the, have the a price difference. Four Pro at that point, it'll probably be uh, if like you got to think about it. If a if a PlayStation Series S quote unquote came out. How much stronger would it really be than the Pro? Because the PS5 itself is not that much more stronger than the Pro. I mean, yeah, it is, actually. It's not like double the speed or anything. It's not like what a standard console generational gap is. I mean, the PS4 Pro is only, what, six terabytes? Te- you keep saying terabytes. terabytes. I don't know. You, you said that like six times now. Yeah. But even then, you get the biggest thing comes down to, very specifically... The SSD. Uh, is, which Not which, even that, dude. The... the CPU is the thing that the the CPU is the generational gap here. The CPU and the SSD are the two generational. It's hard. Gaps. To, it's hard to tell until we actually start getting four point two teraflops. So technically, the PS4 Pro is like slightly more theoretically powerful than the Series S. Yeah, the it's Series a, S will run circles around this thing, though. Promise you. Right, but I'm just <laughs> yeah. saying, like when you have general consumers on paper who look at that right there they're not going to care i don't think general consumers look at that that's actually the interesting thing i think no see i think that you're going with the stereotype now i think general consumers nowadays with electronics actually do pay attention to that kind of stuff so i don't think teraflops because the reason i even say that no, is, they're, they're not going to they're not going to look at teraflops exactly they're going to go to a youtube channel though and somebody's going to explain it to them why and they're going to sound yes. like what well, sounds like he knows what he's talking yes. about that's what i'm saying it's like general consumers nowadays will do their research in a higher regard than what they used to yeah um but even like so, the Series S is actually very similar to like if you look at the PS4 Pro. But it's the Series S is closer in basic setup to to PS4 Pro than it is the Xbox, Xbox One, One X. X. But with everything being much better, much better, much better CPU, exactly, so and like, much better RAM speeds because it's still eight gigabytes, but it's GDR six. And what's the storage? Uh, five hundred and twelve, right? Yeah, yeah, very low. So it's kind of like, and it doesn't have a disk drive. True. So it's kind of like, True. at that point in time, it's kind of like people, they're like, well, I'll pay an extra $100 for a 4K Blu-ray drive. It's subjective in that sense. Sure. I think the thing here comes down to, and the reason I say that the PS4 Pro is a bad example for that, is that like if you're going to just have a PS4 Pro, first of all, I think that makes Sony have to have every game be cross-gen at that point, which, which wouldn't work. Which is another discussion. Which is another discussion. And really another discussion. But for the foreseeable future, if that was... If they if they approach this in the same bad no, marketing way... No, I'm not way saying play, just keep it. I'm just saying why would you buy that at launch when you have a, a PS4, PS4 Pro? Pro? Yeah, sure. That's my thing. Like, CPU, I'm not saying, though. Because not that buy. would be ultimately it. Like, games like the medium, 
that just can't play. So if even if you were trying to be a cheaper next gen person, you're going to have certain games this, that just won't this work. This goes into like the whole thing though that we've said millions of times. Typically, you won't buy a console based on one game's performance. Well, no, but it, that was just an example of a early game. I know, but still, that can't be played on last gen consoles launch, specifically. At launch, that is the deciding factor for a lot of people on what they're getting. Yeah, SSD, is, CPU, but yeah, they're yeah they're going off <laughs> of these spec sheets and stuff like that. But if it doesn't sound appealing at all, like if you hear somebody explain, well, the the PS Five S is about as strong as the Xbox One X. You'd be okay. like, well, why not? Well, why don't I just, just keep my Xbox One X then? Like yeah. that's that's how that will get turned. And how people will then compare it to it. And then at launch, that's super important, too. I guess we'll really know when the Series X actually launches and how it performs. We may even know just from pre-order numbers yeah, of the Series because, S. Because, see, here's the thing, though, is that, like... Well, depending on the number of S's available. Because, like, we don't have exact numbers of digital to physical PlayStations. Yeah. I wonder if we'll have exact number of digital to physical Xboxes. That's a good point, because they're announcing next week for the pre-order system, aren't they? September 22nd? Yeah. So, Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. So the day after this goes live. Yep. Um, Derek on Twitter, he says the standard will be four ninety nine and the digital will be three ninety nine. And then he updates and says, Apparently I was correct. <laughs> and Derek, yes you were. Very correct. This one's interesting. One of our patrons, Mr. Danny Candyman Villalobo, says four ninety nine to five fifty. I imagine at fifty dollar price difference for the discless version. Boy, Danny, you crazy. So he thought the disc version was gonna be four ninety nine. And here's the thing. For a long time, people have been talking about whether or not the PlayStation would be higher because of its SSD structure. Because, again, uh, this is theoretical. We don't actually know until games start coming out and utilizing it, and then third parties are unlikely to utilize it to its full power. But technically, if I'm remembering correctly, the PlayStation 5's SSD throughput speed is 5.5 gigabits a second, whereas... um, the Xboxes is 2.4, which 2.4 is so much higher than what current gen consoles do. That's true. But 5.5 is double that. Yeah. And I might be accounting for that with after encryption. I can't exactly remember, but I know that PlayStations is considerably faster. It's like two and a half times if you look at the PS4 Pro. Yeah. So it, when you when you're going through all that, wait two two and a half times the PS4 Pro. Yeah, compared to the PS4 Pro, it's way more than that. Well. I've, <laughs> Mm, is it? Yes. Dude, the HDD speeds are so slow. <laughs> no, I'm talking about throughput speeds. Yeah, even the throughput speeds. Yeah, the PS4 Pro throughput speeds are very low. Are they? Yeah. Because, see, I looked this up when I was getting an SSD, and they didn't... I don't remember them being super low. Like, I honestly think that... Um, they're better than the Xbox One X in, in terms of that regard. Like, that's one of the actual ways that it edges out the Xbox One X. Yeah. Is, is the actual uh, throughput speeds of the memory. But I could be wrong. Because if you compared them, wait, or did you say Xbox Series X? No. I'm, well, no, I'm saying when there was the Xbox Series X two point two point four. Okay, I heard that is Xbox Xbox One X. No, Xbox One X is okay. much lower than yeah, that. Yeah, never mind then. Um, okay. I, I I don't know if you'll be able to find this information. Yeah, I mean it'll be somewhere. I don't exactly know where it's at, but yeah, the the speeds are going to be drastically different. Oh, well, I also got confused because of Xbox's dumb naming scheme. So. I once again heard Xbox X. Yeah. Either way, these things are weird, but when you're looking at this information, it's just interesting. Let's see. And that's probably, what, a 7,200 RPM drive? 5,200? 5,200. Tell you, man, these old consoles are weird. They are. Chris Figgs over on Twitter. Y'all probably know who that guy is. If you don't, go watch Midweek at Matinee. 
He says 449 slash 349. So he was head on with a hundred dollar price difference. He just yep. you have to move those fifty dollars up a little bit of a bracket there. Um, I do wish though he would have come back and said what his updated numbers were, but he did not. So that's fine. Um, Kyle Grimm on Twitter, he said 499 and 349. Another hopeful thing that would have been really nice there. Shout out to uh, Kyle. He's yeah. one of our new patrons. Also, really cool name. <laughs> yeah, Grimm's a great last name. Um, <laughs> it's really cool. So he, he said, uh, I know your partner talking about me uh, is big on digital. I'm just too much of a physical copy person. I like the idea of displaying the cases and having the game on a disc. The only digital games I'll buy are sports games every once in a while. But I think the PS5 has too much of an edge with their titles. Um, yeah, it's just it's one of those things that I've spoke about a lot. I don't think I could ever go back to physical unless something happened. Like the game cases were like this big. Honestly, I'd go back to physical if the game cases were like this big and there were cartridges like Switch. Like if the Switch shrunk their game cases in half. You basically just described the PlayStation Vita. Or the Nintendo like two D or three DS, yeah. In that same sense. actually, I, but I, even then, I think the Vita case is even better looking. Uh, it's much smaller. It gives you all the information I don't, you need. Okay, here's a hot take. I wish the Vita cases were black and not blue. I thought they looked good blue personally. See, I just thought they looked too but samey. You know why I think that they look? I think black looks bad to me because I worked at GameStop for so long, and our generic cases were all well. Black. Those are like black matte DVD cases. Like what? Like yeah. a nice glossy black would have been cool. They would have gotten scratched to to, to mess. But my thing is, is like when you have discs sitting on a shelf, I don't want to see that outline of that blue. I'd rather have them all just blend in with black. Yeah, sure. Or like a dark, like graphite style gray. Let's see. I think I'll hit one more off of Twitter. And, and then I'll, I'll head into one some off on of Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. El Jahudi, longtime friend of the show, says $399 and $499 would be my bet. And then played off the console as more powerful than the Series S and showed in games, which it did. It did show it in quite a few games, which we'll get into. Uh, we'll kind of go through the announcement uh, event in a chronological order and talk about our thoughts on each one. But um, once again, hit the nail on the head there, buddy. I so w- I've been looking this up just to double check. And I think from what I just saw from the blurb from Google, the read speed, which is what we're looking at, a maximum read speed of 510 megabits per second in comparison to the PlayStation 5's 5.5 gigabytes. You know what's whatever. Cr- you yeah. know what's crazy about the 5.10 megabytes? Like that would be able to read a full memory card off of like a camera in a second. Yeah. Not bad. When I you mean, think you know. about 510s, oh, it was really 512. You remember when um, Sony had the 512 uh, memory stick duos? Yep. Them things were $100. <laughs> that was the PSP um, memory stick for those that didn't know. Also camera, though. That was actually they a point did. in time where it was proprietary, but it wasn't proprietary to, to, to a one, single device. Yeah, it was proprietary to their digital cameras. It was something else, too. There was something else that you could use that memory card for. It was not just the PSP and a camera. Yeah, it was something else. But then oh, whenever- they're mem- uh, uh, MP3 players. Oh, yeah. That's what it was, because yeah. I had an MP3 player that had a memory stick duo. And then whenever they moved to the PSP Go, which moved to the M2, uh, the M2 um, that was memory card was the one that was the same as the Sony Ericsson phones. Was it? I thought that was yeah. proprietary. Maybe, maybe it still is, I guess, proprietary in a way, because nobody had those phones. It's, pro- pro- it's proprietary to Sony. Right. But, Both of those are Sony devices. But, but yeah. I, I think you're more likely to have a Sony digital cam or MP3 player than a Sony Ericsson phone. But yeah, that's crazy. 510 megabytes per second versus looking at what? Even Xbox, what I'm saying, like Xbox 
Series X's 2.4 is still a massive increase over this. To be fair, though. And if PlayStation legitimately is 5.5, which is, what, 3 over. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, like, what is, I wonder. I'm not going to... So I'll let people you get were to the expecting. Last one this up. Yeah, people were expecting that price difference to come in, and that's why I think he was looking so high because there's been expectations for a while that it would end up happening that they were the more expensive one due to that proprietary SSD tech. Now that that comes into the question of if that if the rumors about the SSD tech being so expensive were true, are Sony taking a loss across the board on all of them just so they could stay at that four ninety nine? Like the um, highest level SSD that you could buy on the market now is a um, Samsung 970, 970. Evo. Yep. Evo. It's an MBME M.2 uh, drive. Is, is, that one of the SATA, is that one of the SATA 4? Gen 4? Um, I don't think it's going to tell me here in just this stuff right here. No, it's not going to tell me just on their product page. Hmm. Interesting. Either way, I know we're talking some tech talk that may make zero sense to some of you, but I think the basic numbers hopefully give you an idea of how much better the performance is. And I guess that that was my point. And there's a big reason that while some people look at this, I think graphically we're not going to see as much of an increase as people expect from, which we didn't even see from the PS3 to the PS4, if we're being honest. The jump from the PS3 to the PS4 was not nearly as massive as the jump from SD to HD that we saw with the PlayStation 3 and the 360. See, I would argue that PS3 jump to PS4 was massive. I'll argue that I just mean, because... It's, it's Even at the end of the generation... It's big, but it, I, I guess for me personally, right? This is just personal experience. When I think about God of War 2, which is pretty much the epitome of the best-looking PlayStation 2 game that's out there... People were, couldn't believe they were able to pull that game off because that was one of the games that came out after PS3 released. It was for a quick, it had been out for almost a year, and they still released God of War 2 on the PS2. Awesome, yeah. no problem. Uh, but the PS3 had MotorStorm, right? And when you're looking at those two things together, and you're kind of being like, for as good as God of War 2 looks, MotorStorm Motor just outrageous. looks outrageous yeah. in comparison. And I mean legit, but partially because... It was 720p. It was crystal clear. There's a lot more detail. There's a lot more, you know, cars are breaking and you're seeing nuts and bolts go flying and you just couldn't do that stuff. Just compare Watch Dogs, the PS3 (laughs) version of Watch Dogs. I forgot that game was cross-gen. To Killzone Shadowfall. Yeah. Killzone Shadowfall is a beautiful game. A beautiful game. That was one of the only games that launched that I was like, that's what a PS4 game looks like. Yeah, I agree. And you could still go back and look at that game and still be like, this is what a PS4 game looks like. Second Son, also true. Second Son's a very pretty That's a lot. Game. That's more of a launch window game, though, wasn't it? It came out in March, four months later. Yeah, but, well, Killzone Shadowfall was day of. Day it, of. Or, it was day was of. it day of or like a week of? No, it was day of. Okay. It was Killzone Shadowfall and Knack. Because <laughs> Joe got Knack. I got both, and both of them were very good games. Knack 2 was way better than Knack 1. That was a fun night. That Literally, the day it came out, Joe... Didn't even take it home and get it out of the box before he brought it over to my apartment and got it out of the box. And we played Knack for like three or four hours. I thought Knack was And we downloaded... <laughs> what, not Warframe. What was the other free game of the generation? The first one. Black... Black Retribution. Black, yeah, yeah. Or Black, Is it Black Retribution or something? Black Hawk Down? <laughs> I don't know. No, it was PS4 Retribution. Retribution is the sub-name. Yeah. Black Light Retribution. Black Light Retribution. That game was That was the awful. other free game. All right. I'm going to grab one from Facebook because I said we would. And we'll just figure it out from there. Let's see. We have Mr. 
Nicholas Horner, he said 350-450 and then came back later and said, uh, <clears throat> I was off by 50 hoping they'd undercut Xbox Little, which seemed to be a pretty common thing. I saw a couple of people putting things like, and I don't know if I said this one out loud, but someone said 479 just to undercut. Uh, I think it was in Discord, and I think it may it, have been Richard Schaefer. It, um, it was either Richard Schaefer or it was... Um, but... I am not surprised that so many people had that yeah, idea. Yeah, it was Richard Schaefer. Yeah, so it's like this basic idea of everybody's looking at it, and this is the fun thing about this generation. I And it's fun, though also kind of annoying, depending on where you are at with it. The fun thing about this generation is seeing Xbox essentially continually try to say that PlayStation is not a, comp- a, a competitor anymore, but clearly acting as though PlayStation is a competitor. And then you have Sony, who have not really said that Microsoft is not a competitor and clearly also are acting like they are indeed a competitor. So you have these two companies kind of existing in two different worlds where Sony's still like, hey, you're still our biggest competitor. And Microsoft's trying to be like, nah, no, you're not. Yeah, when, it, when obviously it's not true. Yeah, so the thing is... I guess is, technically it is true. Here's the thing. I, the weird thing about tech and tech within an industry is that even if you don't want something to be your competitor, ultimately the people who decide what the like who the competitor for what is is kind of the user base. So ultimately, yeah. if when someone walks into a store, right, and in that moment they look and they go, "I could get a PlayStation or I could get an Xbox." In that moment, they are creating competition in their brain as to which one to go toward. So even if you've done everything you can possibly imagine, realistically if they're looking at it in the same breath of as which both of them can do similar things which one would i prefer right now then you that's where you are now it's a little different because if someone walks into a place and says well i could get a playstation 4 or i could get an oculus rift well the oculus rift can't play normal games so it's still a competition but it's not competition from the same thought process it's more like which one would bring more enjoyment to me at this particular moment and i could get the other one at a later date so when you look at those two things it's why I would honestly say I think the only system that's not in direct competition realistically right now is the Switch. I, that's that's what I've been saying is because it's such a weird Nintendo is in such a weird niche corner kind of thing that it's hard to direct compare. What are you doing? Looking for my phone. Oh, not that I have to have it. I'm just curious where I put it. I don't think you've had it all show. So, all right. Well, it doesn't matter at this point. I don't know. Um. So I guess do you want to get into the event? We can go and go uh, go. Go announcement by announcement in chronological order, or do you want... We just talk about it. Let's just keep it open. I mean, we, if I want to make sure we cover everything, more or less. Uh, but, I mean, going order by order, I think clearly the f- biggest thing to talk about uh, is ultimately going to be... And, and Rude Days, we will get back to you. I'm going to save it for when we're at the end of the podcast because that's going to be more of a post-mortem of how we feel after everything. Because there's the interesting thing about this episode is that you have feelings during the, the presentation and then feelings directly after the presentation and then feelings a couple of hours after the presentation. Yeah. So, like, here, let's just go, like, Final Fantasy 16. Final Fantasy 16 is the very first thing they showed. Yeah. What do you think? I think it looks great. I, much like everyone else, was not surprised when they came out later and gave the information about who was working on it. Because when they showed it, they said Square Enix Business Division 3. Yeah. Okay. I was like, that makes sense. And then I'm looking at it. Yoshi P. And I'm like, man, this looks cool. But it looks like this is maybe an expansion for Final Fantasy 14. I thought it was for about the first 20 to 30 seconds of the trailer. And then I kept looking. And the moment they showed, like, combat, I was like, that's not Final Fantasy 14. No. Um... (laughs) I I legitimately thought this was 
an expansion. Now, before the event, there was rumors going around that they're going to see Final Fantasy 16 because there's like a picture of a um, uh, oh my gosh, airship. Oh, and yeah. People were like, well, "What is that?" Like alluding to, and thankfully. My brain was like, that's typically old, only in like older style of Final Fantasy games, even though I think there was an airship in 15. Um, but they originated from like Final Fantasy 2. You could fly, you could make the regalia flyable. Yeah, that's stupid. Um, but it wasn't like an airship, it was like a jet. Uh, so I am super glad that this is going back to its high fantasy roots and not more of JRPG fantasy style, which is not a bad thing to be in. But for Final Fantasy, they've been on it for a long time. A long, long time. Well, and they've been doing this thing where it's either the like you know, Japanese fantasy that they kind of do, like the Japanese. I wouldn't say I shouldn't say high fantasy because Japanese still has high fantasy, but there's more of like well, this is more high fantasy than than JRPG fantasy. Th- this is like Western fantasy. That's the thing. That, that's the way I typically kind of view this. I don't, I don't really consider that Western <clears throat> anymore. Maybe it's not. That's just kind of the way I view it, and then I look at it, and you know. Though that's it's different. There's Western fantasy, and then you have things like Final Fantasy VII that are clearly inspired by Western stuff, but not fantasy. Kind of cyberpunky in a way. Yeah. For a while, though, you know, I, th- I talked about it a few episodes back. I've said for a while that I feel like where Final Fantasy needs to go right now for kind of a palate cleanser is to either go way into the future, where not even like steampunk, where it's like old mixed with robots. Or yeah. Anything. I mean. Full on, like that tech demo they showed that had like straight up robots and stuff yeah. running around. Do that or go all the way back because you've been in this kind of weird in between that's like kind of modern but kind of high fantasy. See, and I like I like that style. Of I do too. But it's just gotten to the point. Like, what was was it Final Fantasy twelve? They kind of started that and they've never gotten off of it since then because Final Fantasy ten was kind of like that. I guess, but at ten the same felt, time... 10 felt very old to me because it was still... Not, a lot of the game took place in what felt like older oh, places. Exactly. And actually, 12 even still had a lot of the older places. See, 12, I think 13 was where... And then we had three games worth of 13. I guess that's true. Where 13 yeah. was like, hey, you're in modern city. And then Final Fantasy 14 is still like... There are old aspects of Final Fantasy 14, but I would say a majority of it is the newer age stuff. So yeah. I am super glad. I am not surprised, though, that we don't have any kind of release window. Nor am I, but they showed way more. They showed way more than I expected. You know, I, whatever I was thinking, I was like, we're not going to get anything Final Fantasy 16. We're going to get, or gameplay wise, we're going to get the same kind of thing that Project uh, Area got, or whatever. Yeah, whatever it's called. Is it Project Area? I don't think so, but I can't remember what it's called. Whatever it's called, yeah. um, And then we're going to get like a title card that it's in development. No, we got like a solid three minute trailer. Huh? Project Athia, Athia, something like that. Athia. Um, we got a solid three-minute trailer of like characters, ev- everything, gameplay, characters, gameplay, combat, enemies, everything, locations. So that right there was a great opener for this. And then we got Miles Morales stuff. Big thing that we're not talking about right now, though. What? Final Fantasy 16 being a PS5 exclusive. I'm not surprised. And here's the thing, though. The, reason, the only reason I'm surprised is if it said coming first to PlayStation, like, they did, like they're doing with Final Fantasy VII Remake, right. I get different. it. I get it. And I, like, that makes sense. And even now, full exclusivity for console makes sense. 
Though I wonder, that, and see the thing is, is like people were saying that Final Fantasy VII remake was going to be a full exclusive. I said no. They made sure that day one they had the wording be coming first to PlayStation, yeah, not coming exclusively on console to PlayStation. Now the interesting thing about Final Fantasy sixteen is kind of in this afterwards too is that you have Final Fantasy sixteen shown console exclusive, and then clearly that get, and it said can't come to PC at a later date. All right. And then it was confirmed that what we saw of the game was a PC build running on what the basic that, structure of a PS5 that was expected. What the, that was the opening title crawl was that this is a PC emulated game and this is expected to be what the PC, PS5 will be doing. Yeah. So looking at that, I'm really not surprised but am because Xbox have put in so much work this gen to try and bring more Japanese games to their their platform. And it's been hit or miss. And clearly they've done a lot of work to try and get there. But even with that, it makes me wonder, did this happen because of how stupid well Final Fantasy VII Remake sold on PlayStation exclusively? Or is this Sony shoving money in the pocket? Or is this both? Is it is this Square and Sony having a relationship and then kind of talking and Sony being like, we'll help pay for development and and it'll be exclusive on on our console? Or is this Square kind of looking at it and going, we've got a good relationship. We've had good sales on your system. Clearly, it's smart to leave it on your system. It'd be worse of an idea to put it exclusively on another system because your system typically has people buying these games. It makes me think of it's, it's the exact, I shouldn't say, the, it, I guess it is. It's the exact inverse of the Tomb Raider situation from the uh, Xbox One, where it's a series that has never been exclusive to your console series ever, and it's a series that's always sold better on PlayStation, Tomb Raider. To be fair, though. And then suddenly it's exclusive the opposite way. This is more like, hey, we've always sold well on your system. We've been exclusive to your system in the past. Well, to with be other fair, entries. that, 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 Comparison has one little flaw. Yeah. Where Tomb Raider started on PlayStation. Well, PC and PlayStation, but yes. Right. Where Final Fantasy did not start on PlayStation at all. No, it didn't. Um, so it's interesting. I, that that, that kind of goes into more like, we'll never know. Oh my God. Can you imagine if Final Fantasy 16 was exclusive to Switch? <laughs> if they would redo it in the style of Bravely Default, then hell yes. Oh yeah, like a old school Yes, uh, I Fantasy? would pay. So, or no, I said Bravely Default. Uh, I know what you mean. Octopath, Traveler. Octopath, yeah. I would pay sixty dollars for that for sure. That'd be wild. I've been saying for a while now. I wish they would redo Pokemon like that. Have, bring Pokemon back to its old style and just polish up everything. Yeah, and, and give make it like it a super vivid. Hmm? It would be great. It's possible. Either way, that's a big thing. But yes, we do move on from there to Miles Morales. Yes, so we did get some more Spider-Man Miles Morales stuff. We actually got gameplay. We got some cool little interesting tidbits that it is coming out. Launch window. I don't think it's exactly at launch, but it is. Day, day one. Is it day one? Day one. See, this is what annoys me. This is a problem of the whole conference, yes, actually. It all said like holiday 2020, which is when the PS5 is coming out, but... Okay, this is partially... I know why they did it, and I said it in the Discord. Because it would let the release date out before. But that's the problem. They could have (laughs) bled with how much the PlayStation 5 costs and everything up front, and then did the game. Yeah, I I agree. I think they probably should have. This console was... This this conference slash announcement was a mess. Just because the whole Demon Souls PC thing, the whole timing, the the naming conventions, the pre-orders that came after... This... They had... They really screwed the pooch on this entire announcement event. In terms of, I guess, professionalism and ease of access to everyone. Clearly, I'm biased. But I remember going through this conference and kind of thinking to myself, even if it's just bias, 
regardless of what it is, Sony is bringing the big guns in a way that Xbox to me hasn't. And I mean that. I'm not saying they haven't. No, I'm just saying, I'm not saying this is just whenever I was watching it. You yeah. Know, I, was, I was talking with Blake, and, you know, me and Blake talk a lot about Xbox and PlayStation. And I was like, you know, I've watched every Xbox event so far, and I think they've been okay. But they've yet to really just actively keep me constantly on the edge of my seat. Instead, it's like the occasional game makes me go, that looks really interesting. Yeah. But I also don't know anything about it because you didn't show me any real gameplay or anything. Project right. Adia. It's like Everwild, right? You show me Everwild, and it looks interesting. I don't know what gameplay looks like. It turns out that the game doesn't even have a core concept yet. It's really, really early in production. That's essentially a video of how you kind of want it to look. Okay, that's fine. Then you show me Avowed. Avowed shows me two seconds of what gameplay is probably intended to look like, but it's still not gameplay. You show me these things, and every now and then, the few times that you kind of get me excited, you almost immediately let me down because I see nothing that indicates gameplay. Whereas, right out of the gate, we see Final Fantasy sixteen, but we also see gameplay for mm-hmm. Final Fantasy sixteen and gameplay that doesn't look... If anything, to be fair, not true gameplay. If anything, but this could be gameplay. a bad thing. I don't think it is. There were people going, Final Fantasy 16 doesn't look as next-gen as I expected. But to me, that was like a, but that's how you know it's at least real. It's real gameplay because it's probably still in work, and this is not them trying to be like, this is what we expect it to look like. No, this is the game running. Well, they did say that. (laughs) I mean, on PS5, but this is the game currently running on something. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing. But getting across over to here, every game that they were showing, besides Call of Duty, because I don't have very much interest in it, but it still looked good. I give it that, I guess. But I was constantly like, holy crap, man. They're just left, right, left, right. Their own games, third-party games. Their own ga- This is kind of how they were doing. So we all expected uh, Spider-Man. We didn't expect Harry Potter. I did not. <laughs> and that game looks fantastic. Yep. So like, that's another kind of thing is that, that it won't be coming out to 2021. But still, that was, that was right after Spider-Man. And my thought process with that was... I was like, okay, we've seen Spider-Man. I kind of know what this game's going to look like. I'm going to envision a little bit more vivid detail, some particle effects that PS4 can't do. Do We're you want to go ahead and blend the, the general gist? The, huh? the afterwards stuff? Because like, I feel like one of the things that's important about Spider-Man that we might as well talk about while we're on it is they showed gameplay, which is great, right? right? And the gameplay looks phenomenal. It's actually a huge step graphically, even gameplay-wise, over it looks, the first game. It, it looks smoother, doesn't it? Way smoother. I just... I'm curious. Were they showing it in 30 frames per second? I think so. See, okay. So I never went but back it so and watched individual trailers because the de- for sure the, the, the stream itself was in 30 frames. Yes. But uh, going back and looking at Demon's Souls, I'm still not convinced Demon's Souls is not in 60 frames or 30. I can't tell. I think it's 60. If it's it, not, if holy it's, crap. If it's 60, then there's some really weird motion blur going on. Like some smoothing because that they're doing? Because it looks I, so ridiculous. I don't know. Um, but it looks like animations and stuff are in, in 60, but it looks like they're executed in 30, if that makes any sense. Like it's, it's like you would see an animation and how smoothly the animation is, but it's like there's something off about that animation. I can't tell. I, I don't know. I'm expecting it to be 60. We'll get onto that a little bit more. But I guess but, I was to say, the thing about Spider-Man comes down to, they showed it. And as soon as they came out, one small detail that I was like, holy crap, was him coming down the stairs, putting his hand down, and then it, grabbing snow and it piling up and, and him like, throwing it? Like, it looked like actual snow and the way snow behaved. Dude, that impressed me more than probably the entirety of Spider-Man PS4. <laughs> and I know that's such a small thing, but I was like, holy crap. Uh, and then continuing on with all the ray trace reflections, to me, I was like, this is a huge showcase. Yeah. Awesome. The but lighting then, and everything looks fantastic. And this the style. Is, this is technically after. Everything looks fantastic. I mean, fantastic. And here goes the weird thing. And I am curious as to how people would have reacted. I know how I would have reacted. But later they go to they go on again. Not during the not during the conference. After the conference, they go on to confirm that two things. 
There's going to be a version of Spider-Man Miles Morales that includes a full-on remaster of the PS4 version of Spider-Man with new trophies, uh, new Peter Parker model, ray trace reflections, stuff like that coming in. Awesome. They need a new Peter Parker model. That 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 Yuri Peter Parker model is not good. Looking. It wasn't great. Yeah. I don't think. I didn't think that that looked like old good Peter Parker. Yeah. So anyway, when you look at that, I assume it's going to be the Peter Parker model that's probably going to end up being in Miles Morales or yeah. or even Spider Man Two. Whenever it something was comes. boxy about his hair. Yeah, like his hair was. was like weird. Yeah, but it when you're going through all that, <clears throat> and then they come out later and say that right there, and then plus the Spider Man Miles Morales is going to come to PS4. Regardless of everything else that's dumb about that statement, it leads me to this thing of how much work are they putting in between? Because we know how Sony is, and we've seen them talk crap about the whole dual generation thing and how they believe in generations, and they're going to go through, and they're going to make sure they have uh, content that's exclusive to their system. Okay, whatever. It's fine. I understand it's been a pandemic. They don't want to leave 120 million people behind that are on PlayStation 4 that are a great market, definitely for a game like Spider-Man, which sold so massively on PS4. But I'm impressed because of one thing in particular. You show me Halo Infinite, which you say is supposed to be a cross-gen game, and then it looks not that great. And then you show me then you Spider-Man. show me Spider-Man that is we don't even know at the time is cross-gen, but it looks fantastic. And then when you learn it's cross-gen, immediately my brain flooded with, "What does the PS4 version look like?" And don't get yeah. me wrong, because this isn't a full-scale game necessarily. I mean, it is. They, it is, and it isn't. It's weird, but it's just a standalone DLC. Like that's the only way you can. Really but it's look really at it. big I consider, standalone DLC. I, even then, I consider standalone DLCs, especially ones like New Light, where you could buy disc-based versions of. I consider that its own game. New Light. Yeah, Infamous Son. Oh, uh, or first, second, or first, first light. light. Yeah, uh, you can't buy a disc-based version of that. Actually, I thought there was a disc-based version no, of that. No, not that I'm. It's just downloadable, but it is separate. You don't have to own Second Son to play. See, I thought it. I remember seeing a neon pink purple disc-based version of that at Best Buy before. I don't think so. I could be wrong, but I'm about ninety-nine percent sure it's not. Huh. Uh, with that said, though. The cross-gen aspect is weird because I do know that there's a big section of the PlayStation community who. Even though now we see that PlayStation showed a game that does look fantastic, there's going to be people who are now saying the game's going to be held back and all these things. Here's here's where I really stand. I don't ultimately care that games are cross-gen very, very early on because I understand the basic business behind it. But what I want to be sure of... Is that real? I don't know. Because if not, I've been fooled. I don't know. Because I, I knew I've seen this somewhere. Maybe it got a physical release in Europe because you notice all of those have Peggy. Peggy. Europe's getting a retail version of Infamous. Okay, so I've seen it. I've seen it, but I've never saw it in person. Yeah, you didn't see it here. That's why I was wrong. I was like, I know I've seen it with pink and purple in the box art. <laughs> but the whole cross-gen thing is a weird thing because, first of all, congrats to Insomniac because, first of all, you're making Ratchet & Clank which is a PS5 only game. That's a good thing. Yeah. Then you also have Spider-Man, which is both, but Spider-Man looks to me for all intents and purposes so next gen that that it doesn't I don't care that it's cross gen. Clearly they're doing a good job. And then you announce all these other things, but when you're looking at those two things, it is unfortunate only because it goes so much against the marketing of directly what PlayStation said. It's not unfortunate from a business perspective. I understand that. It's great that a lot of people that played Spider-Man that aren't quite ready can still play the next installment. But it is weird, and I'm, I have such a curiosity of what the PS4 version looks like, and if 
if something did have to be held back that they intended to do here, but couldn't do. See, I think what happens, right, in this cross-gen bubble, do you notice that one Insomniac game, Spider-Man here, is going to be cross-gen, but another one that's also a launch window game, as they've said with Ratchet and Clank, is going to be a PS5 exclusive. Now, clearly, one has a feature that just cannot be done being scaled down on PlayStation 4, and that is the SSD feature. You can't do the basic gameplay feature of what the main primary setup for uh, Ratchet & Clank is, so they choose to go, this is a game that can't be scaled, that means it's going to be PS5 only. Then you go to a game like Miles Morales, and I think what happens here is that they go, hey, this is a game that can be scaled. This is a game that, from what we intended to design, can be done on both. So let's do it. Yeah, And the, the reason I say that is Horizon is the other game. We'll go ahead and throw that out. Horizon um, Forbidden West is the other cross-gen game alongside Sackboy's a big, a big, big Adventure. Also not surprised because for everyone who's saying that, this, that PlayStation's never done this, that is false. That is actually very false. Yeah, A recent example of the last generation was LittleBigPlanet 3 got a PS3 release and a PS4 release same day. Uh, same people are working on this, Sumo Digital, same people that made those two games, or that one game across both consoles, are making this one. Not surprised. PS5 will have some exclusive benefits, features, whatever you want to call them. But those three games are the ones that we have that are cross-gen. Horizon is a lot different of a situation than Spider-Man, because I've never seen Insomniac say anywhere that there was something about Spider-Man that they just couldn't do, and they had to change what their intentions were. Horizon, on a number of occasions, they've talked about how they had to do less cities than they intended right. because there was they couldn't pull off anything more on the PlayStation it's 4. It's a weird disparity there in what they're saying. So if you're telling me that there were things in the first game that you couldn't do, that you wanted to do, and you had to scale back on, and, and we, now you're telling me the sequel is apparently not going to do those same things unless you've brought your tech up in such a way that you figured it out. But it's which, weird. Who knows with a Decima engine? It could be possible. Okay. You saw what they did with Death Stranding. Death Stranding had a lot of cities, so maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Death but Stranding, Death Stranding didn't have a lot of vegetation. True. I'll say people say Death Stranding is empty, and for the most part it is, but when it's dense, it's pretty, it's pretty dense. It's pretty dense, yeah. Uh, the so, mountains don't. The mountains just aren't that easy to process, I'm sure. So either way, when you look at all that, I think that Spider-Man is a sensible game to do this with from an audience standpoint, from a budget standpoint, from a game design standpoint. It can probably happen. And I applaud them for not doing it with a game like Ratchet and Clank that clearly just couldn't happen. And I'm so glad at least that they we're went not back on do... their at least with, at least they went back on their word with tech that made sense to go back on their word with. Right. <laughs> yeah. Cuz if you start telling me that like Here's, here's Demon Souls is PS4. I'm going to throw a brick through their window. Well, if I'm being honest, looking at Demon Souls, there's no way you can no. see that their whole point with Demon Souls is, hey, we're already remaking this game, but we're going to redesign it in a way like... I, I went in and watched it again. I actually think that the way that you touch stones to go between places, I think they've killed that menu, and the menu was probably only there to be a somewhat buffer for, for loading. That's all I was saying. So, that like, There's a part of that video where it looks like there is no loading at all. I don't think there and, is. But there's a weird cut, or there's something weird about it, where it's like, maybe there is, and they're just making this... I guess we'll talk like about maybe Demon's they're eliminating. Menu, yeah, maybe they're eliminating the menu out of the, yeah. the equation so you could see how fluid it is. But uh, Demon Souls, as it relates to being cross-gen, I think when you look at Demon Souls and you see things that they're going for, it's like okay, Spider-Man makes sense because there already really there already was no loading in the PS4 version of Spider-Man. Yeah, and if you're doing something similar to that, then yeah, you're fine. You don't need it now. When you go to a game like Demon Souls, which clearly had loading, and you're going one of our big designs decisions is to cut all that loading. Then you go, well, how do you do that? Well, we can't do it on PS4 the way we want to, so we're going to do it on PS5, and we're going to load every area, even with this instant loading, with so much detail 
I think Demon Souls makes less sense to scale down than Spider-Man. Yeah. But uh, moving on to well, the next thing. Call of Duty Black Ops, I didn't watch it. I actually skipped through the entire thing. I didn't care. I was on my phone the majority of it. It looks okay. Yeah. Uh, cross-gen game, and I think the only thing i got to say about it is if you look at it, it looks good. The presentation's good, post-processing effects. Like, it looks smooth. I have a curious question, because do you remember when everybody was so hyped on Call of Duty Ghost when they showed its next-gen showing? Yeah. And now when you, and not even a year later, when you looked back at Call of Duty Ghost from Infinite ugliest, Warfare, it looked like, what the Call hell? Duty, yeah. Is that going to happen here? It, I don't know. Is the next Call of Duty going to be such a jump up? I hope not. Also, is it just me? Or from that trailer, are they not using the Infinite, or not the Infinite Warfare, the uh, Infinity Ward, are they not using the Modern Warfare engine? It doesn't look like they are. I don't know. I, I, think I, I, told you, I literally the, skipped through it. I did not care to watch that at all. I, I watched I, very I'm little not, bits of it. I did the same thing with Resident Evil 8. <laughs> Which is next up. I, uh, Resident Evil 8 got me, even though I knew what it was, because of the art changes. But we'll go ahead and talk about it. Yeah, Call of Duty looks fine. I'm curious as to how big of a jump it's going to be. And also that they chose to let Raven Software be the people that came up and talked about it. Uh, even though Treyarch apparently yeah. had to come in and be like, hey, we're going to help you. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but Resident Evil 8, the reason it got me to actually watch it was because I, it's fine. I liked Resident Evil 7. I actually am curious about this game. But when they're telling the little story, the story kind of got me roped in. I was like, oh, is this like a lore thing? This is cool. It's always hard to tell with, with stuff with Capcom in that way. That's true. Because but, like, uh, Del McCry has done the same thing in the past. And it's like, oh, this is interesting. It's never brought up again. <laughs> and that could be here. I was thinking, because do you remember there was a lot of people saying, like, how do you bring a witch? What is even, what even is a witch in the Resident Evil universe? Is it yeah. like a, a legitimate witch? Or even then, what is it? if they're going off modern day stuff, what is a witch in modern day stuff? Yeah. So when you're going through that, I was like, I, it kind of pulled me in because I was like, is this lore kind of explaining where the back end story of this goes? And then when it started having the art style switches, I was like, whoa. See, whenever they were like they were in the house in the beginning, and he was like, "No, Chris," I'm like, oh, "Okay, Resident Evil." Immediately, I was start, I said so too, but I was watching live. I yeah. couldn't have skipped it if I wanted to. See, for me, for me, um, so you didn't see the art shift, did you? No, it's crazy. It looks almost like inside. Like you see this little story unfolding, and it's like a. See, I graphic. don't like that in a Resident Evil game for some reason. It was weird. I don't know if it's going to be in the game. I think it may have only Fuck been off. in the trailer. <laughs> I can't stand this stuff. Are you 30? Yeah, look, just click a little bit in and you'll see what I'm talking about. I, I think Inside, well, Inside, yeah, it's probably a pretty good, it's a little more artsy than that. I'm trying to think of a good example of a game, but you'll definitely like see it. See it, but either way, when they were showing it, it kind of just surprised me because, again, I've never seen anything like that in regards to Resident Evil. So it looks good. I don't know what to say outside of that. See what I'm talking about? It's like somebody reading a bedtime story, and then it does kind of go. Into, yeah, and the lore when you get to the end of it, the they say it's just an old like folk tale for the city, for the village that uh, presumably this game is taking place in. So that looked interesting, and I, I mean, yeah, Resident Evil Eight showing it twice because they did it at their last one as well, but technically they showed Demon Souls at the last one. So seeing it with like more going on. Not a bad idea. No, see, like, my thing is, is, like, I just hope that doesn't become a thing in the game. Sure. Because, crap, I hope it doesn't become a thing in the game because that would be a weird break in a Resident Evil game for me. Um, oh, where you actually shift gameplay style? Yeah. Like, that's kind of, that would be kind of uninteresting for me to do. The game does look great, but. Well, if it's going for 7's basic style and tone, I think it would be a huge immersion breaker. 
Yeah, even if it's that's cold, what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, you can get away with that near just because the style of near. You can't get away with that in a first person horror game. Yeah, I agree. agree. Um, Death Loop, dude. Death Loop looks so fantastic, good. Fantastic as always. That game looks so cool, but it also makes me think: what the hell is going on with Bethesda and Sony right now that they're 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 going to make that a console exclusive? Yeah, like that's that's kind of a weird thing there. And it did say console exclusive, right? It did. Not not timed exclusive. <laughs> so I don't know. PC and X or PlayStation. Yeah, PC and PlayStation. And then that makes you think: how many of these games? I don't think so, but it's a good question. Are these games happening this way because for some reason the PlayStation Five and the future of gaming PCs will have the better SSD needed to do something with the gameplay style of that? Or can can Deathloop literally not work on the Xbox One X, uh, Series X, I should say. I doubt it's, I doubt that. That actually makes sense though. But it could. And that Um, all comes down to how much the speed boost between the two ends up becoming a thing. Do we see more third-party exclusives to PlayStation because someone comes up with an idea that the only reason they can't do it is if they wanted to keep it multi-platform? If they come up with an idea and then they look and go, well, PlayStation system can do it, do they just go, well, we're going to do it, but we're going to put it on PlayStation? Right now, if you look at the numbers, it makes sense because it's like, well, even though we can only be on one console, that console has 120 million units sold. That's true. I will say, though, it is weird because typically with this kind of tech, they would hit with the lowest common denominator with before anything else. Exactly. Then that would be Xbox. Um, well, the bigger question for me is that Deathloop was announced so long ago. Yeah, like what, a year ago? Yeah, I guess a year and a half almost because uh, it was a 2019 Bethesda E3 oh, thing, Oh, yeah, right? it was. Um, so we're not quite a year and a half, but we're but, getting close. Yeah. Um, and I guess when they announced it, it didn't seem to me like it was going to be a – and exclusive. They didn't say anything no, about it then. I, it was just like, hey, here's their game. I think something's changed in the time from that announcement to now. Um, but yeah. that's a day one buy for me. I'm sure that's a day one buy for you. Yes, it is. It looks so good. You know what's not a day one buy for me? Don't make Cry 5 Special Edition. <laughs> Nor am I. But do you know one thing that was very interesting about that? They did the exact same thing with Devil May Cry 3 Special Edition where, Don, or where Virgil was made playable. Oh, that's true, too. But more importantly... It, to me, was it the fact that, again, Capcom was obsessed this time around and being like, hey, you know how you kept complaining about our screen space reflections, like our, our SSR that we were using in their games and how bad they looked? Like, again, there wasn't a lot of water, but in Resident Evil 2, when you did get around stuff, you'd be like, ugh, that's a yeah. bad looking reflection. They immediately showed off ray traced reflections at the beginning of that. And it looked good. And for a split second, because I wasn't thinking about Devil May Cry, I thought it was that game that they announced very. I can't even remember what it's called. The one from the Dead Space creator. Um, Deep down. <laughs> uh, but uh, I can't remember what it's called. But it looked like that trailer that they showed off last time. Pragmata. Seeing the streets with like, the water, I was it like. It does like Pragmata. Oh, this is Pragmata. And then suddenly it's Devil May Cry. And I was like, okay. Pragmata, a.k.a. Death Stranding 2. Or a.k.a. Silent Hills. What's crazy about that, though, is that... Uh, I get why they're doing it, and that game did really well, so that's cool. And getting to see Virgil's side of the story, cool. Yeah, that makes sense. That 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 is something I would oh I would honestly pay like twenty dollars on sale to go back through and do. But that game already ran five. at sixty frames per second. So what are 4K they doing 60 now? now? At this point, I guess. But it was already four K sixty on Xbox One X, and then temporal upscaled eighteen hundred to four K on PS4 oh, Pro. I have no idea. That. So now I guess it's real four K. What 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 happens? Does it become one twenty frames per second? Can you play Devil May Cry? I, I doubt it. In 120 frames per second? I, I doubt it. Um, next up, another game I do not care about at all is Oddworld. 
I don't care. I've never liked an Oddworld game. I uh, like them. I skip past that. I like them, but it's the thing where, like, when I was a kid, I really liked Abe's Odyssey. Yeah. And then whenever I got a little older and then I played, I still think you'd like Stranger's Wrath. But it's such a different game that yeah, it's so true. hard to go back. It's, like, it's a, real this, time. It's this is a, a traditional, shooter. like, uh, uh, 2D side-scrolling kind of Oddworld. This is actually something that Digital Foundry were talking about, which was cool, uh, that I didn't even notice. And I went back and watched it. And I was like, oh, that is interesting. Those games do a lot from, like, Essentially, how interaction for materials. If you like, if something falls on wood with enough pressure, it breaks the wood. But if it falls on metal with the exact same amount of pressure, it, it bends the metal. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So it's like materials actually have their own way of reacting. That's pretty cool. We need to see that tech in other games. Um, What's weird is that that was announced as a PS4 game, and that seems CPU intensive. Definitely, with all the people that are following you around, I wonder if that game shifted to be next gen only. Maybe so. They didn't. They didn't I, clarify. It's kind of common to see that. Um, Next up, another game, Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach. I don't uh, care at all, but the nope. upside of that is it led to the highlight of the night, <laughs> or the day, I guess. Well, it was Demon Souls. We're going to skip that for now, though, and we're going to go ahead and go through some of the other smaller things they announced. And then let uh, that be the final. Seeing Fortnite on, on Erosion 4, I didn't know that was a thing. It looked the same to me as the, as the other one did. Hold on. Are you telling me that Fortnite wasn't originally on Unreal Engine 4? No. It was on Unreal Engine 3. Anyways, because <laughs> I, I know our audience loves to hear about Fortnite. PS Plus Collection announced for PS5, which seemingly is about 15 awesome odd games. 18. 18. 18. 18 games you get for free if you have PlayStation Plus. Big PlayStation games. Plus is required. Days Gone? Spider-Man? Spider-Man? No, so, not Spider-Man. Are you sure? I thought I, I, I swear think, I saw Spider-Man. Pretty sure Spider-Man's not in there, weirdly enough. Uh, probably because they want people to buy the PS4 remaster. PS5 remaster. Uh, Detroit? Uh, Detroit was in there. Uh, Days Gone was in there. Horizon um, was in there. Until think, Dawn was in there. I don't think Horizon was in there either. Surprisingly, but it's a, it's a there's a bunch. Of, Battlefield Five. There's a lot of yeah. There was a lot of larger games it, for those who have won Bloodborne. A small yeah, a small little itty bitty games pass. This is kind of it. So we're hoping to see more. I don't even know if I'd call it that. It is a good answer to at least somewhat of what Games Pass is, but I think it's more of It goes of a, back to what PS Plus was in PS Vita days. That was about... See, to me, this is nothing more than a return to what PS Plus used to be when it was great, which was PS3 and PS Vita days, where it was all about, hey, you may be new to our platform. Maybe you just bought a PlayStation 3 for the first time. Or, or maybe you just bought a PS Vita for the first Here's time. Here's Gravity Rush for free. Day Here's one, you got Uncharted for five free. to ten of the best games that we have on the system. Yeah. Available to you. For free. And for free. instant. Um, and then finally, we've talked about this as well. They have announced the uh, pricing for both the digital and the physical version, as well as the release date being November 12th, two days after the Xbox One X. Um, now we can move into Demon Souls. No, oh, no, we don't. No, no, we no, don't. no we're we going to have something that I ended the show with that I was hoping would be bigger, but it is kind of interesting. We got something out of this. We got God of War Ragnarok. And I'm so glad that that's the name. What Holy were you, crap. What were you thinking it was going to be? I was really hoping they weren't going to try and do some kind of weird new numerical system involved. Oh, yeah. Because, okay, you God have... God of War 2. You have another example, right? I love... I don't mind surnames in games. That's cool. But you have, like, Uncharted, right? They were always like, Uncharted 4. Why? If you're going to give it a subname every time, just kill the number. Yeah. Just call it Uncharted. Then Uncharted I, at Thief's End. I agree. Uncharted Among Thieves. Don't call it Uncharted 2 Among Thieves. It's either always one way or the other. That's why I love the way Halo. Halo 1, Halo 2, Halo 3... Halo Four, Halo ODST, Let Reach. It, that's yeah. it. It was and and it stayed that way. Unlike the Xbox naming convention. <laughs> so, um, yeah, two days after the Xbox uh, uh, 
the pricing and we ended the show with Ragnarok, which we got a 2021 release date, knowing that it's coming at some point next year. And that's all we got. But the biggest thing on the list of that episode or that announcement was Demon Souls, and it looked fantastic. Biggest to me. I can't speak for everybody else. That was amazing. My jaw was on the floor, and no, it goes to show to you, too. people who have never played Demon Souls were messaging me and being like, holy crap, this is gorgeous, and it looks really fun. Big big complaint, though. There's, there's two big complaints with me in this. Why in the world would you show a game about difficulty? Yep, this is it. He's already going into it. And where you are one-hitting every person, but then at the last minute, show me a boss fight where you go out of your way to die so that you can show the classic splash screen. You've died screen. So uh, that that did bother me. Why would they have updated? Honestly, I feel like they could have ended the show at Ragnarok and then really ended the show with a full-on let's play. Or like, not a full-on let's play, but a full-on 10-minute segment this is the tutorial game or tutorial area the first game it yep. wouldn't have taken him but maybe 10 minutes to have run through this the actually with killing enemies yep um i'll tell you right now you will not be able to play this game like this guy did in the trailer you that's will that not, was my complaint you will not be able to hold a, a claymore and block a blue knight blue-eyed knight's attack like that you will die in, in probably one hit maybe two i'm pretty sure two hits will for sure kill you so i'm sure you agree with this my problem with that comes from two ways I, while I am 99% sure this will not be the case, you risk two things. You risk people who have never played one of these games thinking that it's easy and being like, well, that looks cool, and wanting to pick it up, which is not a good look. Or you risk making people, shaking their confidence and making them think that you're going to introduce an ultra-easy mode. Yeah, which that's not going to happen. It's a Souls game. Unless, maybe Blue Point might. That's what I'm doubt. saying. They might, but I don't think it'd be a good look. Also, this is what I'm talking about in the trailer. This right here, obviously 60 frames per second. But then when you get into gameplay and the, and look at the blur oh, every time blur. he moves the camera, that's what's throwing me off. Is yeah. you, don't, you don't need motion per, blur in a 60 op, frames per, per second optic game. motion blur. You don't need that. It's a look thing for all sorts of... I, I understand why they're doing it. I, 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 just, I like it, but I, you don't like motion blur. I can't stand it. It's it, it's muddy. Uh, I would tell you that you very likely can turn it off, though. So you I would hope so. Please, Blue Point. Um, but yeah, the two biggest problems I had with this trailer was that... And the other problem I had was uh, actually no, that was the other problem I had with the trailer. It was, it was the Delvin Crotchet thing. I had two things with, but we're past that. Um, but yeah, I am super excited for this game. I think for me, this is my most anticipated game in the next year. This and Cyberpunk, because these are going to be two games I know for sure we get on launch. Well, I guess Deathloop too. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I wish they would have ended the um, the show with this. I also didn't know you can shield parry. I don't know if this is a new feature. I thought the same thing. Also, vaulting. And here's the I mean, you, could not, you could not vault in the original you game. You could. Huh? But it was a hidden feature that you didn't have to have. I don't remember that at all. How me, you- me either. And I was looking through it, and I talked to Blake about it. Or actually, Blake messaged me about it on Facebook. We were in a thread, and he commented that apparently it's always been in the game, but a lot of people played it and never knew it was there. I never knew it was there. Me either. I thought that that game had absolutely nothing in regards to that. So very weird having that come out, but it looks great. I am open. See, when I thought that vaulting was a new addition, I was open to the inclusion. I didn't care. I thought it looked good. And I don't see that. There's no reason not to somewhat modernize this gameplay because I've not played this game since it came out in 2009. Yeah, I haven't played it since at least, I would say almost since 2000. 12 
2011 to 12 was the last time I played this game. So when you look at it like that, this game is very dated in a lot of ways, or was, you know, the original. And even though it's a great game, I think bringing a couple of things up a little bit for smoother gameplay to what you'd expect from a modern release makes sense. They did it that, with Shadow of the Colossus. That's what it was. It is the cut going into the boss room. I, that's what threw me off. It, there is a cut here. And I was like, it's not when you teleport, but it's it's there. That's yeah. not the same animation. No. And that's what threw me off is I, I I don't know if there's a load screen there that's real short or what, but that's really weird because it is the boss fog he's going through that there's a cut in. Do you notice um, that the fluted armor looks right now? What do you mean? The fluted armor didn't look right in the first one. The fluted the armor trailer. always. Oh, oh, I thought you meant the first game. No, the first like, the first trailer, the fluted armor did not it was, look it right. It was the beak. Uh, the helmet looked off. Uh, some, some of the stuff on the armor was not right. And it didn't have the scarf, did it? Or like it's I don't think so. So we, yeah, that was interesting. And also, right there, did you notice in that boss fight, the tunnel always filled up with—I uh, can't remember the boss name, but the spider thing. Yeah, uh, that's the in boss. The mines. It always filled up with fire, but now because it didn't happen on the PS3 version, now the spider spits oil that you can see, so that you know what to look for for where the fire is going to come towards you. I like these small levels of detail. You see it? Yeah, that's cool. Because the original game was this was fire, fire suddenly breath. is coming yeah. at you. And you're like, well, that makes no sense. I always thought it was fire breath. I guess it's, it's, I, it's not. It's, it's I thought it was just suddenly it was coming on fire. I don't think that it was confirmed in the original. I think that they saw, well, there's fire. What would cause fire? Oil would work. I think that there's just some artistic liberty being taken that I don't mind. I yeah. think that's cool because you have so much more to work with. Also, the lighting in the uh, Tower Night scene is completely different. Uh, it didn't look completely different to me. It looked well lit, like it was. It was hyper bright in the last trailer. Oh, I see what you're saying. And so now once again, I'm thinking of the reference. I'm thinking of the original game you're talking about. Exactly. Yeah, the original. I guess I'm, what I'm saying is the good on Blue trailer. Point because Blue Point got feedback clearly and, and, they, and they fixed it. Have apparently been listening, or what they showed us last time was something that they weren't completely where they wanted to be on. What I'm though, curious, also the uh, lava dude that you fight. How am I forgetting his name? I, I don't. I, I don't remember his name at all. I'll uh, tell you that right now. Okay, but his Dragon face. God. His face looked completely different in the last trailer. Now it looks almost exactly like his original, but higher poly. You could and you could cheese that guy. I can't think of his. Like I said, I can't think of his name. But you used to be able to like stand at a certain point with a boat. No, I just like Blue Point. That's all I'm. That's my big thing here, and it's why I think Sony should buy them. I think it was a boat arrow. You could stand at one point and like stand around like some debris to shoot him to death. I don't remember that, but I remember for sure that Demon Souls had crazy magic and it broke the entire game. Did it? See, I never played a magic class. I've only played Demon... Like, I think I've said this before. I've only played through and beat Demon Souls once. I've only played through and beaten Dark Souls 2 once. I've never beaten Dark Souls 2. Yeah. But I played through it multiple times. Like, uh, I think my last PS trophy for that is The Looking Glass Knight, which is fairly to the end of the game. Um, it's like the end of the third... Like, the third... End of the third quarter of that game. Um, But... Yeah, like Dark Souls 1 and Dark Souls 3 are the games on Bloodborne, the games I could tell you the most about. And even then, you catch me right now. You ask me, like, I'm trying to think. The name of the boss, the centipede boss, I could, I'd say Fire Centipede. I can't tell you his name in Dark Souls 1. But I played him and beat him a hundred times. Uh, trying to remember names when you've only played these games once. The tree at the end, it's, the, it's my least favorite boss fight in the entire series. It's one of the um, old ones in Dark Souls 1. Um, I don't think old ones is correct, lore terms. But it's um, uh, the bastard tree. I don't know. I can't think of it. It was the <laughs> bed of chaos. 
Yeah. Because that doesn't ma- that's, you know, the name of the thing. I got to give Bloodborne a shout out in that regard because I've only also played Bloodborne once, but I did go through and help a couple people with like Father Gaswan and stuff. Um, but, I can remember most of the bosses but in that game. For the most part, I remember almost every boss name from that, and I, I don't know why. I'm, I'm, I'm also really bad at locations. I can't tell you most locations in Bloodborne. Like, you have Upper Cathedral Ward. You have yeah, Cathedral Ward. But at least I remember the bosses. <laughs> yeah, like, I could tell you the bosses, and I could tell you, I couldn't tell you the location of, um, like, if you said, where's Undead Bergs in, in Dark Souls 1? I'm like, lower or normal? Because lower Undead Berg is where Capra Demon is. See? But if you told me... If You've you were, also played Dark Souls 3 and Dark Souls... I should. <laughs> I played Dark Souls 1 way more frequently. I should, I should still know all the locations off the That's top true. of my head. <laughs> That's true. For some reason, locations and stuff do not click. Um, but community stake. Okay, so before we do there, before okay. we get to there... I guess one of the oh, big things we got to talk about, and, and we do, we'll be we'll be quick. Yeah, but, we got to get rude days in too because we got to get done for Saul's sake too. But um, in looking at this, right, a lot of the stuff that came out is the problem is is that most of this information was not shared during the thing, and it's one of those things where like directly after the conference, you're so taken aback by all they showed and it looks so great also the fact that god of war is 2021 means to me that the fact that horizon is 2021 i think horizon also being cross-gen means that horizon's an early 2021 game probably first half of the year and god of war is the second half of the year yeah. i'm fairly positive if it's not that it's reverse of that where god of war comes back out in march i doubt it man i just feel like god of war would have uh, horizon would have been in development so much longer that it makes sense and yeah, for it to be cross-gen true. that it makes sense that they're doing it that way Whereas God of War makes sense to be a bigger showcase. It comes out a little bit later when more people have it. The hit to your numbers is less. I just think it makes sense. Yeah. But uh, going back over here to the community's take with Rude Days, and I guess it, it's all about this. Though. It's all about that when it ended, suddenly a lot of the information that we didn't get during the show that you would have thought, well, maybe they're just not going to tell us. No, they were going to tell us, but Jeff Keeley had to go out on Twitter and essentially confirm everything for everybody. We're, the we, we, we look at Demon Souls, right? We, we go, oh, well, I guess Demon Souls didn't have a date or anything. It didn't even say holiday 2020 like everything else did. So you go, well, I guess it's just not even a launch window game. Yeah. We just don't know. But no. Afterwards, Demon Souls is indeed a launch game. Yeah, awesome. But why didn't we know that during the why even why instead of putting holiday twenty twenty right for for Miles Morales, why not just put on launch? Yeah, it now, gets the messaging across. So why much did better. they say that pre order was going to go up a day before, and then they actually went up the day before? So that one's weird, and there's some stuff that goes about it. But yeah, another problem is that a bunch of information got released about which ones going to be crossed in, what game, you know, which games were going to be where. There was a confusion about Demon Souls because there was a remark that on the thing due to a template it they said say, PC, that which said doesn't it, make sense. They have to have reviewed this thing 150 times. How did they not catch PC being on there? Was that the one that said PC, or was that one that said that it will come to consoles later? No, that was one that had PC on it. But I think it said both actually. I think it said well, I said coming to place or coming to other consoles later, and and then PC. Yeah. Uh, either way, that had to be removed. And when they re-uploaded the trailer on uh, PlayStation, it wasn't there. Yeah. They fixed it. They confirmed it. But clearly, a bunch of misinformation and not giving information. And I know why, right? PlayStation is still trying to do this E3 2016 2015 thing where it's just trailer after trailer after trailer and giving very little information. And quality control is just. But the problem with that garbage after garbage is that why did you also have so many people talking then? If you're going to have Brian Intahar come up and talk about Spider-Man, then why not have him also be like, play the game at launch? Jeff Keighley today tweeted out for tomorrow, the day this goes live, he says, expect big PS5 news tomorrow. Talking about Monday, the day this episode comes live. 
Why is he the one tweeting about this? Why is Sony not telling us this? Yeah. And then you go back to, the, like you said, with pre-orders. And the pre-order situation's weird because I think that Sony's going to get the brunt of it no matter what. But it does seem as if part of the issues that happened were that retailers started before Sony told them to. And then every other retailer just started doing this thing of like, Except well, Amazon. they're already doing it. Did you hear no, about we're Amazon? Do it. Amazon didn't even have digital only go up for like the first like 12 hours that everything else was live. They did, they like even when I woke up and they're like PS5 pre-orders were sold out. I was like, oh, let me go subscribe to the one on Amazon for digital. It's not even it wasn't even on Amazon. A listing. And like I had to go through and Google like like PS5 digital and Best Buy had it, Target had it. The Amazon wasn't there. Yeah. And people on Reddit were talking about how that that it was missing. It was just MIA for like the first twelve hours. It's there now. I'm actually subscribed to it, but it still is really infuriating that. I didn't. I wasn't able to get a PS5 digital edition because I did notice set alerts because I wasn't expecting pre-orders for a whole another day, and then I went to sleep and then every like shit hit the fan and yeah. everybody had a pre-order. Um, what See, was Rude Day saying on a Discord? Yeah, yeah. So Rude Day's thing says, "All right. So the on the event, I thought this was one of the best of this generation, and Sony knocked it out of the park on the price of the console, the games, the exclusives, whether that be timed or permanently exclusive. But after the show and the news that followed, was a train wreck." First of all, with pre-orders, we were told by Sony we would get an announcement before pre-orders. Shut up, computer. He says, <laughs> uh, we would get an announcement before pre-orders launched. That didn't happen, and the pre-orders pretty much just dropped a couple of hours after the show, with Jeff Keighley being the person giving us the news as it happened. Keighley was also the one giving us news of what happened, or what games were launching with the PS5, which, why couldn't we get the news during the event? Then we learned Spider-Man, and Horizon, or Cross-Gen with PS4 which Sony has said they believe in generations. Well, that's not true, and how sure are we that God of War 2 and Ratchet won't be on PS4 too? And then finally, we get news that PS5 AAA games will be 70, which I guess isn't really surprising, but still disappointing to see. And even though I, he didn't put it on here, I guess the thing about the $70 pricing is like when everything else is already in shambles and then you announce that, it's like, well, there's a bunch of bad news already, Might and then well that's just, bad news. Yeah. So you end up looking at that from the bad news side. But if, if PlayStation would have killed all the messaging here, come out way back ago and be like, hey, we do believe in generations, but these three, but these three games are going to be crossed in, and they never gave this big spiel about how they believe in generations, there's a, there's a way in which all of this information that it's we got all just could PR have come from disasters. Sony in a better way. And then when they go, oh, games are going to be $70, you'd be like, well, that's okay. Games like, you know, this is all so good news. <laughs> this is the least of my worries. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think this is a weird situation. And I don't, I have a feeling that this is partially in, in regards to the fact that Sony very quickly and very, I don't really know that it was necessary, but they say that it is. Uh, they decided that they wanted to become a global company. And they wanted to have all their stuff done on a global level where all marketing campaigns are the exact same. All information comes out at the same time in the same presentation the same way. There's a lot of problems that come with that because regions do things differently. There's different timelines. There's all these things. And to me, I always actually think that it made more sense to have each region have its own branch of the company that yeah. can determine the best way to market something in that region. Yeah, because, we talked about that not so long ago. Yeah, so like while it only does everything may be a great tagline for the North America and it may be being responded to very well but then you take it to europe and europe just doesn't click for it for some reason instead they go um 
okay, play has no limits. And then suddenly play has no limits is working really well over there. Then great. Let both of those work in their own markets and their own territories and their own regions. But what's weird here is that I feel like most of these problems come from a fact of trying to pull a bunch of information together into a global setup, which is probably more challenging, makes it probably, I'm not going to say completely. Some of it's just buffoonery if I'm being dead honest, but I think that's part of the challenge. And then what ends up happening, too, is that with all of that going on and all this talk about being global and doing everything simultaneously, then you also have Microsoft coming and saying, hey, we're releasing all, which they're not releasing, and I don't think as many territories as PlayStation ultimately will. But Microsoft says we're releasing in these many countries all at the same day. Everywhere we're going to be selling it is going to be a day one. Everybody can have it. PlayStation, Mr. Global Company over here, is saying, well, we're going to release in these three areas on this day, three days later this area, and then a week. Well, you know, Honestly, it's just silly. He, he explained the event perfectly. It was really good up until the until after the event. Everything that followed <laughs> what after. What is that? <laughs> yeah. The event was done flawlessly, but then the event the after was just a mess. So that's that's why the community's take question for the week is going to be what did you think of the aftermath not of the event itself but the aftermath now that you've had some days to stew on it do you think it was some PR mistakes some missteps do you think it wasn't that bad that it doesn't really affect you let us know on our Twitter over at Triangle SQRD on our Facebook Triangle Square to PlayStation Podcast or our Discord which is always in the link of our YouTube videos hey speaking of which Brett, did you know they could watch us on YouTube every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific and noon Central? No way. Every Monday. And hey, you may not be able to listen and uh, drive your motorcycle to work while watching us on YouTube. That's fine. We're across all podcast services. But if you find us, or if you don't find us on one, let us know and we'll get on it. And we love you all because we know you all are going to be fair in your critiques and criticisms for the show because you let us have them so often. And if you want to really support us and help us buy more stuff for this set, you know, <laughs> say if the set falls or gets hit by a tornado or something, um, you can subscribe to our Patreon. We're for $5, our $5 tier, if you're there for, for three months, $15 total, because five times three is 15. Easy math. You get a custom case, man. Everybody, go look at our Twitter. People, you may have seen that people have been tagging. People have been tagging us with like, they're like, I love it. It came perfectly fine and not broken. Because USPS is still open, um, <laughs> it works. Just it just Todd Howard. It just works. And it just works. If you don't see me next week, it's because I had a crash in a motorcycle today. So, <laughs> well, hey, I had a crash on a motorcycle like what two weeks ago now. Yeah, and I'm doing all right. So we'll see what happens. Uh, crash is a very dramatic word for what happened. I shouldn't say crash. That doesn't quite sound right. It is a crash. I mean, technically, I don't know. A crash it to me implies that you hit something else, and I did. You hit gravel. <laughs> That is true. I did hit gravel. But you know what you you know what they hit? They hit the Patreon subscribe button. Let them know who our lovely patrons bam, are. Bam, bam. We thank you guys, and we always like to give shout-outs to our patrons. So to start things off, we want to give a shout-out to our new patron. We've already done it once, but hey, second time's charm. Mr. Kyle Grimm is our new patron for the week. We also have Josh Jarrell, Matthew Green, my name is Dan, Luke Bartolomeo, Sean Sanarud, Funk Turkey, Danny Villiobos, Corey Hickerson, Blake Popes, Kevin Bacon Bits, 
Joshua Lago, Eric McAllister, Shadowist, Stephen Salazar, The Stoner, Travis Blow, Stephen Swanland, Constantly Kenny, Solitary Red, Chris Figs, Zachary Sawyer, Landis, Rude Days 93, Brian, Donovan Williams, William Digital Spooker, Derek Porter, Josh Ayers, Brandon Edwards, Sean One Neo, Tyler Powers, El Chabib, Jason Clendenning, Tyler B, and last but certainly not least, Mr. Richard Schaefer. Head over to patreon.com slash nartech if you would like to support the show with more than just your time, but we love you all. Thank you so much. Thank you.